If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am here today with Kayler Glassman. Um, I know Kayler because she used to be the director of programs at DYF, Diabetes Youth and Families. Um, which is the Northern California camp. So I've known Kayla as like compatriot at camp and runner of camp. Um, Kayla also herself has diabetes. She was diagnosed 28 years ago and now uh, has started a business called Diabetes Support Partners, which provides support in the first year following diagnosis to type one parents. Um, and you can find out more about her at diabetessupportpartners.com. Kayla, welcome. Thanks so much, Joanne. Excited to be here. I'm very glad you're here. We have a question today. Can you read it for us that we can talk about it together? Of course. Okay, today's question is, I think my 10-year-old son is using his type one to try to get out of school. Almost every morning, he says that he feels nauseous and sick, and then he'll tell me a story about how his numbers were out of range the day before, so he shouldn't go to school today, even though I know his numbers are fine. He needs to miss school for doctor's appointments and other legitimate things, so I don't want him to miss any more. Plus, the school has a really strict absence policy, and I don't want to have a conflict with them. Any thoughts or ideas of strategies? I feel badly about making him go to school if he isn't feeling well, but I feel like he really needs to go. I don't like being the bad cop. From Bad Guy Mama in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm. Yeah, this is a tough one right? That balance of like love and limits, where are we compassionate and where do we have to hold the line? Yeah. Absolutely. And when I read this, my first question for you, Joanne, is just, you know, I wonder what else is going on here. Sounds like potentially something more complex. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think because it's a written in question, we can't really know, but let's think through possibilities so that we have like a robust guess right? So the first thing I would say is um, like as a therapist, I, my mandate basically is always to do medical rule outs first. So obviously I'm not a doctor, so I can't personally rule those things out, but it's important to consider the possibility that the type one is behaving in some way that type one doesn't normally behave and that we might need to have a conversation here. This mom might need to have a conversation here with the, the doctor. So the two things I'm thinking of that could cause nausea like that are um, ketones, which it seems unlikely that this child has, right? And it seems too regular. It seems that doesn't match the picture of what ketones normally looks like, but question marks, like I'm not a doctor, um, but also celiac right? Because celiac certainly can show up like that. And I think has a kind of erratic presentation. So this is something that the mom should consider um, thinking about, right? Yeah. And, and for those who don't know, can you tell us more about celiac with type 1 diabetes, what it is? 
Sure. And you might have to help me here, Kayla. So <laughs> celiac is when there's a gluten intolerance, when gluten can't be um, properly digested by the celia in the stomach, right? That's part of it. It has a very high comorbidity with type one. So most kids get screened for celiac annually. I don't know. You're a grown up with type one. Do you get screened annually for celiac still? Well, I do have celiac, so oh. um, I can definitely relate to this uh -huh. and to the nausea potentially being a symptom. And um, I think it's definitely worth um, ruling out celiac or at least looking into it. Okay. That's super helpful. And how long after you were diagnosed with type one, did you develop celiac? Do you remember? I was an adult when I got celiac, but I did, I do know I was screened every year starting as a child. Okay. Um, okay. So it was pretty late into my diagnosis that I uh -huh. diagnosis with type one that I was diagnosed with celiac too. Right. So good, good, like, um, you know, N of one here, right. Your story, but it, it does let us know that this can happen kind of at any point. Right. Yeah. So we don't know how long this child has been diagnosed, this 10 year old, right? But basically it kind of doesn't matter. Like it might be that he has developed celiac along the way and it's something that mom should pay attention to. So that's one possibility of what could be going on here. Another possibility that I see uh, is that he is anxious. Now I don't know what he's anxious about, right? I could take a number of guesses based on what the mom says, but none of them are necessarily accurate. They're just based on what the mom has written in. So he could just be anxious about going to school, right? That, that could be real. And um, the question becomes why, like what's happening at school that's making him feel so anxious. Um, and does the something at school relate to diabetes or is diabetes just the easy way to point to there being a problem? because he knows, right? Our kids are all smart that like diabetes gets special treatment. So he's pushing to see, can I get special treatment here around diabetes and not have to go to school, right? So we don't know if um, that anxiety is school related um, and if it's school related about type one, right? We also, the one thing that she does give us a clue about is that he says, um, he tells a story about his numbers were out of range the day before, so he shouldn't go to school today. And I do wonder about him maybe being just anxious about out of range numbers, right? And so it feels safer to stay close to home because he's scared about what to do with out of range numbers, right? Which is, I, I don't know that for sure, but that's certainly a possibility. We had a podcast episode recently. It was podcast episode 48 called When Your Kid Panics About Going High about a child around this age, actually. I think that kid was nine. I can't quite remember, um, who was really anxious about being high. So it could be that this child is signaling some diabetes-related anxiety, right? So it could be any of these things. Absolutely. And what do you think about the fact that it could be something not related to school? Yeah. Not related to school. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So to me, then it's possibly related to either diabetes anxiety or there's something else happening right in this child's system, like either internally for them or in the family system, in his broader system that is creating an anxiety that makes him feel safer staying home. Right. So what he's communicating, no matter what, is I feel safer at home, right? And that could be because 
mom watches my diabetes better at home. That could be because there's something about being away from mom and dad that feels scary or mom and mom or parents that feel scary um, when I leave, right? It could be, I mean, it could be things like, and the mom doesn't indicate this, but um, it could be, he just had a new sibling and he feels displaced. And so it's a really good time to want to be home, to watch over his connection, right? And to make sure he's not being, you know, replaced by this child. I mean, that's not, is that indicated at all? No, but there are many things that could make a child feel anxious. Um, and he's tapping to see, can I get out of going to school? Like, what's mom going to do? Can I, I want to really try to stay home. And so he's testing and pressing up against that. And what would your recommendations be for mom in terms of, you know, how to go about trying to figure out the source of anxiety or mm -hmm. trying to get some support for her son? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So mom is going to have to be a bit of a detective. Like, I, obviously, I don't know. Um, I'm making up a lot of stories here, right, about what's happening. And if mom were actually here, she would answer a lot of these questions easily. She would say, nope, there's no new baby, right? <laughs> like, that's a crazy story you just made up, Joanne, right? So she might know some of those things, right? And some of the answers to those questions. But certainly the first thing is a medical rule out, right? Like, let's make sure it's not celiac. And then when she will understand more about this kid's story, like, did he have some crazy highs that made him feel anxious about that? Is everything actually totally smooth and fine at home? So we're thinking this is probably at school. And then she can ask him, right? Like what's going on at school? She can also ask the teacher, right? And let the teacher know that this child is not wanting to go to school so that they can be on extra alert at school to figure out what's happening for this child. So I think some of it's about getting more adult support in the school system. Some of it's about her putting her thinking cap on about what could be happening. Um, and potentially even asking him, like, I wonder what's hard at school, right? Something like that is a totally legitimate thing to place in a child's brain and see what they come up with. Yeah, it seems like a good opportunity to potentially partner with school um, if that's if that's doable. I know some schools that's easier to do than others. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, partnering this with school in this case comes in a number of different flavors. So it's alerting school that there's a problem, right? Hopefully you have a good relationship, right? You can alert the teacher. Maybe there's a counselor or therapist at school. A lot of schools do have that now, especially post COVID. So helping them or sorry, alerting them so that um, they can help you and your child to figure out what's going on, but also alerting them because perhaps they can create some systems at school so if this kid does feel anxious, they have somebody to tap to get extra help. So again, it depends what's going on. If diabetes is the problem, right, then that's about like shoring up whatever it is that this child is feeling like is, is the, loose, the loose link, right? This, if let's imagine diabetes is the problem, this child doesn't feel well cared for around diabetes. Is that because that's being communicated at home? right? Mom is saying, boy, those people at school just aren't doing a good job and communicating that in some way, right? And that happens. Like we get agitated by the caregivers at school, not infrequently. And so we might say offhand comments that a very sensitive child could easily pick up and feel like 
wait, it's not safe over there, right? So we we need to button that down for ourselves and figure out how to connect better with school so that we're not pushing that onto our kid. If it's diabetes related because there's some kind of teasing or bullying, that's something to address with the school, right? If it's diabetes related because he's really sensitive to his highs, let's say, or his lows aren't being responded to quickly enough, then we need to shore that up with the through the 504 plan and with the diabetes team. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to share some news with you about my Sweet Talk courses. So if you sign up for my courses now, you're going to get the same robust course material you always got, videos and exercises and teachings that will help you get to diabetes calm. But now the way you get it is more flexible than ever. You can work at your own pace, sign up for three or six months of support, and choose either asynchronous or face-to-face -face Zoom support. There are also different price points to accommodate different budgets. And if you sign up before the end of November, use the code SWEETTALKPODCAST to get $100 off any course package you choose. Check it out at DiabetesSweetTalk.com. Looking forward to working with you. The other thing is uh, if he's anxious for reasons that don't have to do with diabetes and it, he just gets like, he gets an anxious tummy, right? Because he's anxious. How can the school help support that, right? Is there someone he can go to? I get my kids elementary school, actually, Cassandra, I have an episode of this podcast with Cassandra because she was so magical uh, as a type one care provider, but she had something she kept in her office that was labeled tummy tea. And I said to her once, what's that? She said, the kids just have get anxious and they say their stomachs hurt. So they see that it says tummy tea and I give them some and then they feel better and they go back to school, right? So they go back to class. So, you know, maybe he needs tummy tea. Like it, it could really be a huge range of what we're looking at here. I love that tummy tea. That's cute. Isn't that great? It's totally yeah. adorable. I think it was just like <laughs> peppermint tea with a little sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so during the other thing that I wonder about in this, um, in this question is the mom kind of feeling like, you know, I think she uses the word, the bad cop yeah. um, in terms of feeling like her son does in fact need to go to school. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question, Kayla, because, you know, with type one, we often feel bad for all the horrendous things we do to our kids, right? We hurt them regularly, physically. Um, we know that they're struggling and suffering. And I remember early on with my son's diagnosis, one parent I talked to who had a type one kid saying, just hold your limits firm like you would with a non-type one kid and he'll be fine, which I found to be a very interesting piece of advice at that particular moment. Like he literally had just been diagnosed and it had nothing to do with bolusing or counting carbs. It just had to do with like the stance I took towards parenting. Letting your kid miss school is pretty much always a mistake. I mean, obviously your kid can be sick and they need to stay home from school, or there's a big family you know, reason for a child to not miss, like there's a wedding or a funeral. But once you set a pattern of a child missing school, you can start to have school refusal. And that is a very ugly, difficult thing to unwind. So you do not want to make any kind of habit of allowing your child to miss school. I know as a parent of type one kids that sometimes we feel bad about the 
burden they're carrying and the pain and difficulties we're inflicting on them. But it's also our job to hold limits gently and firmly with our children. So um, the way I think about this is a parenting task is two different main roles. We have to be loving and we have to hold limits. And limits don't mean we're strict and harsh. Limits can be get done with tons of compassion and validation, but we have to hold limits because children constantly press and test to see where those limits are and they feel safer when they know that it's clear where the boundaries are, right? If we get too wishy-washy about the limits, they don't know where it is and they keep pressing to see where it is and the, you know, and it feels less and less safe for them. So this mom, I understand why she feels bad and I wanna say to her, don't, which isn't fair, right? But to remind her that her setting limits while a hard part of the parenting job is an essential part of the parenting job, and that she will help create safety and success, right? Like imagine if your child just starts engaging in school refusal and doesn't go to school, like that is not a successful child. It is successful for our children to be able to conquer these things that are hard for them with our help. So that's what I think about that. How does that, how does that feel? I think that's great. I think you gave some great general parenting advice there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like, you know, setting these limits can be a really hard thing. And so, you know, we understand why mom might feel like the quote, bad cop, but in the, you know, in the end, it's really important for her to do. Sounds like what you're saying. Absolutely. And with lots of compassion and validation, right? To say, oh, sweetie, I know it's hard to go to school. We've got to think about how to make it easier for you. And it's so important for you to go to school. Right. The other thing that we didn't mention is like, it'd be important to know how he comes home from school. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause he might have a really hard time going. He might just be a super anxious kid. Right. And you know, is he coming home happy? Did he have a good day? Right. These are important things to keep in mind as we're, you know, holding the limit when it's painful for us as parents. Absolutely. Great point. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kayla. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Take good care. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.